0: In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Uh, This past month, I had extensive conversations with with two priests and two parish council chairs uh, about stewardship. And Michael Shadnazerian has had three times as many over his years in service on the Diocesan Stewardship Transition Committee. And there's one question that comes up on various occasions in different ways for me and I assume for both of us and that question is how much is enough? How much is enough? This question is often about money of course that we give to church and others, but it's also about the time, the time we give of our efforts and we make for others rather than for ourselves. How much is enough? And here are a few ways this question comes up for me to hopefully make it more real for you. I love this church. It needs time. It needs talent and treasure to run as God would have it. But there's so many pressing needs in the world. How many of those should I give to and how much is enough? Then there's the question of how we spend our time. For many of us, this commodity is at least as valuable as our money. Coming to church takes a half a day commitment. And if you're in leadership in the church, it's much more. How do we give our time to church when there's so little time left for ourselves and our families? How much is enough? The Armenian church has no answers to these questions. Other churches do, but I find their answers lacking. Because whatever church attempts to quantify the, the ABCs and the one two threes of giving usually turns what is a spiritual discipline into some kind of legalism. Right? Where if you give this much, you're good with God. And if you don't, well, you aren't. But our scriptures obviously consistently warn us of that pitfall. And so the only good answer I've found to the question how much is enough is from a man I go to for many answers about the spiritual life, C.S. Lewis. And when C.S. Lewis was asked how much is enough, Lewis said, I'm afraid the only safe rule is to give more than we can spare. If our giving habits do not at all pinch or hamper us, I should say that they are too small. There ought to be things we want to do but cannot do because our giving expenditures exclude them. Now, when did Lewis say this? In the middle of World War II, on the radio, and then in his book, Mere Christianity. I've read it probably five times. I recommend that you do the same. And so this wasn't a theory for him. The war effort called for deep sacrifices for the greater good, and Lewis and so many others made them. So how much is enough? More. I wish Lewis's answer wasn't true, because it's too challenging. But it of course rings true with everything else you see in Scripture and the life of our Lord. Here again our faith challenges us deeply and this deeply held instinct for self-preservation. And against the mental math we use to negotiate our lives every day in modern society. Here's how this mental math works for me. We need to buy something, right? And so we ask ourselves, what's the least I can pay for a good product and then we say to ourselves we need to work but we ask what is the least effort I can expend to do the job reasonably well? This is our everyday mental math which allows us to manage our resources and survive in this world. The problem is that this daily training then leaks into our spiritual life which works by totally different math. And Jesus reminds us that we're in this world, but we're not of it. And that in this world, we negotiate our resources, yes. We give the minimum to get the maximum every day. But Jesus is preparing us for his world, where we learn to give the maximum because God has given us the maximum. Half measures and negotiations don't work with the things of God. Jesus says, love your God and love your neighbor with all your strength, all your mind, and all your soul. The world has taught us to ask, okay, but how can I do this without disturbing my life? What's the minimum I can give, the least I can show up at church and still be in God's graces? But that's not the mental math which brings us happiness in this life, and certainly not for the kingdom. There's no holding back because, as you know, everything we have is a gift and nothing comes with us. And Jesus' famous example of kingdom giving, of true stewardship, is that story of the widow's mite that we speak of so much. She's the one who put just two pennies, two pennies, into the temple treasury. And yet Jesus said she put more than anyone because she gave recklessly, more than she could, than she should. How much is enough? I'm sure that crossed this woman's mind, but her answer was more. More than is possible because for God, all things are possible. This widow shows us that giving at its heart is not something we do for God. It allows God to do something through and with us. And so think about it. Every time we say this is enough, or that's all I have, we're effectively cutting off God, believing in our limits instead of his boundless providence. But if we learn to answer more, I can give more, we rely on God to do what we can't. This is a money thing, but it's not just a money thing. This is a t- change in worldview. This is living a life of daring faith. It's purposely getting in over our heads so we can watch God pull us through. This is extremely hard for me. This is against my personality in so many ways. And so I don't yet live by this bold faith. But I will tell you that every single time, kicking and screaming many times, that I have gone beyond my limits with money, with time, with compassion, with service. God has expanded my limits and I have been blessed. And though this radical generosity, it does risk losing valuable things in our possession, it promises great reward even now in this life and, of course, unto the next. And so I want to leave you with a story that has always motivated me and inspired me to live beyond what I perceive as my limits. And this Irish author named Frank O'Connor tells a story that as a boy, he and his friends would make their way across the Irish countryside, and when they came to an orchard wall that seemed too high, too difficult to get over to continue their journey, they would take off their hats and they would throw them over the wall. And then they had no choice but to follow them. And so my prayer for you and I is that our Christian journey be as bold and as reckless in our stewardship of our time, of our talent, and our treasure, and so that we might throw the things of value of this world over the wall and trust that God will provide and and lift us over all obstacles and embrace us in his glory on the other side, now and always, and unto the ages of ages. Amen.